0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Very Cold Lasagna. Just a little bit of a full disclaimer here. Everything that I say in this episode that you're gonna be hearing very shortly will not be reflective of what is gonna be happening very shortly in NFL free agency 2023. What does that mean? Well, whatever signings, whatever trades happen in the coming days will not be reflective. Will not be said. Um, won't have any impact. Um. Here on this episode, whatsoever. So, regardless of what happens, I will not be making any changes. um I will address them in the next episode of the podcast. So, the 16th we're going to be talking about will only be reflective of what happened in the 2022 season and what I think that each team will do in the coming days. So, keep it locked, keep it loaded, and keep that lasagna very cold because here we go with episode number 134 of Very Cold Lasagna, so stay tuned right now. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Very Cold Lasagna Podcast, your filthy casual place for all the filthy casual takes on the world of sports. I am Dylan Lasagna, and welcome to episode number 134 of this icy yet spicy podcast. And today, we got another good show for you all because it's part three of our 2022 NFL season recap month we got six more teams to go um in our first first half of our season recap month and these six teams are the teams that almost made it to the playoffs but how's that uh Ariana Grande song go almost almost is never enough so (laughs) we're gonna be talking about those six teams that almost but never made it to the playoffs in 2022 so we're going to talk about those teams in just a bit like i said at the beginning of this episode whether you're watching or listening to it free agency is about to begin the new uh the new year for the nfl is about to start what does it mean by new year well that means it's basically like the the season ended with the super bowl right in 2022 that means um in coming up in just a couple of days the, the new year basically means, oh, they're going to reopen, like, a free agency. That means team, uh, players that have their contract expire. It's basically they get to either re-sign with their current team or go to a new team. So free agency is about to start, and then we have the draft in a, in a month, and then we're off and running with um, preseason in, in another couple of months. But for the time being... Obviously, as I said in, in the disclaimer of this episode, I will not be discussing anything that has happened in this ongoing like legal tampering period of free agency if it is happening right now, nor will I be discussing any ongoing moves during uh, the actual free agency period like signings, trades, big moves, and all that. So just letting you all know about that. As we begin today's episode, uh, and especially in regards with these six teams that we're going to be talking about. However, we do have some big news regarding the NFL draft uh, coming up next month at the end of April. Because last Friday, we got a major move um, regarding the top 10 order of the draft. So that big move was made just more than a month away. From the draft. So the Chicago Bears, who have held the number one overall pick by virtue of playing Bears football, being the worst team in the NFL. But they have considered uh trading that pick and it is made official last Friday. They have made the move to trade down um from number nine, uh, from from number one actually to number to number nine. And who was holding the number ninth spot? The Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers made a move to go and grab the Bears' number one overall pick. Uh, In exchange, what are the Panthers giving away um, to go and get that number one overall pick next month? Well, here are the details. They're giving the Chicago Bears their ninth overall pick um, and their 61st overall pick in this year's draft. and next year's draft they're getting a, the Bears are getting a first round pick, and in 2025, a second round pick in that draft, but here's the kicker, they are also getting wide receiver DJ Moore, like, holy gefilte fish, that is a big haul, that is a really big haul, it's not, of course, giving up three first round picks is one thing, but giving up uh, two first-round picks plus your uh, their top receiver is pretty insane. It is pretty insane. Now, in fairness, they the Panthers could definitely um, go and get another receiver in the draft, and they most certainly have to now. But it could definitely be tough, too, to find a receiver like DJ Moore um, in the draft. And now, especially considering they don't have... Um, I don't think they have, do they have another second round pick in, in this draft? I don't know. It'll be tough though. Uh, But the point thing is for Carolina is that they have that number one overall pick. uh, And unless they're willing to trade a little bit down to get more picks, um, because apparently it is being reported that they do like multiple quarterbacks in this draft, but they're at least in the top five of this draft to go and get the quarterback they desperately and absolutely want to get in this, in this upcoming draft at the end of April next month. So whether it's at number one or they wanted to go and trade down again, at least stay in the top five, the Panthers are on the clock to get a quarterback and they absolutely have to get a quarterback, whether it's well, Levis Anthony Richardson, Bryce Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, they gotta get a quarterback. As for the Bears, this was a good move by. This was a good haul that they got from the uh, the Panthers, especially getting a receiver like D.J. Moore. He, Justin Fields now has a top receiver, so this is really good stuff from Chicago. Really good stuff. So that was the big news coming out of last week. Um, moving on to some some general housekeeping stuff here on Very Cold Lasagna. Obviously, you know what to do. Make sure you you rate and review the podcast if you're listening to the audio side, um, and then make sure you watch the show um, on YouTube if you like to watch it on there. Like the show, comment and and start a discussion. And speaking of the YouTube channel, I recently uh, uploaded a vlog, a video blog, of me going to an all elite wrestling pay-per-view show an AEW pay-per-view show (laughs) and yeah some people disagreed with my take on like how I enjoyed the show and you know that's fine we all have our different opinions but I stand by what I say that you know I was going in not really expecting much from AEW but at the end you know I came out a little surprised by a few things and overall it was a decent show. So if you want to check out the full um, the full vlog of me going to AEW Revolution uh, 2023, it'll be uh, on the Very Cold Design YouTube channel, and it should be up there by, uh, by now. So with that being said, with all the housekeeping stuff out of the way, with all the big news of the draft out of the way, let's get down to business with part three of our 2022 NFL season recaps we got six teams to talk about uh today um the teams that almost but almost is never enough almost made the postseason but it was just a little bit out of their grasp for different reasons so that being said let's get started shall we so we begin our trip down to part three of NFL season recap month by going to the greener side or depending on how you look at it The gang green side of New York. And that is, of course, the New York Jets. When I talked about the New York Jets in my season preview for them back in July, I was kind of a little bit optimistic about them. I was looking at them thinking that this could be a season where they could really break out um, because of what they did in the offseason last year. They improved in, in some key areas like the offensive line and the defense got a lot better Um, Especially with the fourth overall pick in the secondary when they drafted corner Ahmad Sauce Gardner. He was a really good defender in pass coverage and could really generate some turnovers in college. Of course, the NFL is a much different game, but it seemed like he can really carry over that uh, transition that well in the NFL. But of course, there was that one big question. uh, If you were a fan of the Jets, what about Zach Wilson? What about their second-year quarterback? He was entering year two um, of his NFL career, and you know he showed a, a few promising signs in his, late in his rookie season. Um, he did okay in passing situations. He did okay throwing the ball uh, to his receivers. Um, but after the investments that the front office made, including um, drafting a, a receiver for him in Garrett Wilson, is now on Zach Wilson to show some signs he can live up to that billing. Uh, being the second overall pick. And for the Jets, you know, they got off to a pretty good start. Um, they started 6-3 uh, and three in the first half of the season before their bye week. And that 6-3 and three stretch included wins, upset wins, over the Packers and the Buffalo Bills. And that Bills uh, win was no fluke. Like, they did really damn good in that game. Um, the defense uh, didn't let up uh, a lot of passing yards. Uh, running uh, running plays and the offense Uh, rookie running back Brees Hall did uh, really well in uh, in most of that stretch and Garrett Wilson was a good receiver but but yes and that's a big you know what (laughs) not that way though the problem for the Jets though a lot of that was in spite of the quarterback yes Zach Wilson actually missed the first three games of the season because of a leg injury um, in the Jets' first preseason game. And then when Zach Wilson did come back to play, he looked very lost in nearly every snap. He couldn't read defenses. Like he couldn't read the coverages. He didn't know where to throw the ball to. He either, and when he did, he either threw overthrew his receivers um, or he turned the ball over. He was like averaging a turnover, he was averaging an interception. Each and every game. And when the offensive line broke down at times, he just ate the sack. It's like you can't have that. Um if you're Zach Wilson or the or the Jets or Robert Saleh. So when rookie running back Brees Hall went down with an ACL tear in week seven against I think it was the Patriots, so did the rest of the offense. It pretty much put even more pressure on on Zach Wilson to perform. And he didn't really he didn't really do that. Um so for as good as the defense was, um, when you have a strong defense like a, a pass rush with Queen Williams leading the charge, um, and a secondary that has linebacker CJ Mosley and Sauce Gardner living up to the potential, it's like they're the offense still can't do anything. Zach Wilson uh was still performing pretty badly. Um it, it ended up ruining what and was a breakout season for them. Uh, it could have been a breakout season for them, but of course, the quarterback situation was bad. It was just really bad for them. Wilson ended up getting benched after a pretty poor performance in New England in Week 11, and he didn't take any accountability for it. He was just like, "No, uh, I don't think I, I, I don't think I didn't do enough uh, to help the team win. Uh, not, uh, not help the team not uh, do better." And it's like that shows like he doesn't care about getting better. He doesn't shows that he doesn't care about, you know, taking accountability for his actions. So, of course, they go back to Mike White. um, And sure, he won against the Bears. But then what happened after that? He couldn't thread the needle like he did last season. So White and Wilson traded the starting jobs in the Jets last few games of the season. um, But then Joe Flacco would come in uh, in the season finale before, when the Jets were already eliminated from the, from postseason concession. so it's like, oh man, the, this Jets QB situation is like, ugh, it's like slime, it's like Nickelodeon slime. It's like, what do you, what do you do from here? So they finished seven, seven and ten. Not only do they lose, finish with the losing record, but they were dead last in the division again. Like, man, that's really disappointing. Um, for Robert Saleh and the Jets. And it just raises even more questions if you're the Jets and what do you do with Zach Wilson? Um do you look for another quarterback um this offseason? Like do you stick with Zach Wilson? And if you do look for another quarterback, the quarterback that you're trying to get is now in New Orleans in Derek Carr. So where do you go from there? Where do you what what's your next option at Q B? So, for Robert Sala, it's like, what do you do? You at least replaced your offense coordinator in Mike LaFleur. I don't know why. Um, but now, it's like, you replaced them <laughs> with a hacket of a former head coach in Nathaniel Hackett. Did you not see how he did in Denver? Like, come on, man. So, I don't know. Let's just see how it pans out with the quarterback position. I'm just like, damn Jets fans, it's like... What, I don't know what's going on over there in that situation, but the important thing is for for the Jets is that not only do they have to address the QB situation, which is top priority, they have to figure out like who to keep because they at the time of this recording they don't have much cap space that they, they have to find a way to clear some cap space because they're like negative a million dollars. Um, In cap space, so they've already released Braxton Berrios, which I imagine doesn't really read the needle um, in terms of clearing that money um, in in the red. So they gotta find a way to get under the salary cap. And when you look at some of their key free agents like Vinnie Curry, linebacker Quincy Williams, Lamarcus Joyner at free safety, guard Lauren Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. And tackle George Fant, center Connor, McGovern. That's a lot of key phrases at the offensive line. So you gotta pick one or the one or two or the other to to stay. And it's not gonna be easy for the Jets because you don't have a lot of money to spend. But the, the most obvious thing to do for the Jets is you gotta find a quarterback. You have to find a quarterback because if if you're two of this whatever whatever you're doing, whatever it's a rebuild or like trying to make the postseason, then pan out with Zach Wilson. And you got to find a quarterback. Um, And well, you missed out on Derek Carr. So your best bet is probably really Jimmy Garoppolo or in the slightest chance going out and shelling out two first round picks for Lamar Jackson. Maybe, maybe. But other than that, you got to go get a new left tackle because the interior of the offensive line um, or the exterior of the offensive line was a lot left to be desired. That position was attacked pretty frequently. And then, you know, of course, reinforcing the secondary is also good too. But the most important thing is the Jets have to get a quarterback once the new league year starts. Um, A new offensive corner in Daniel Hackett not enough especially considering he flots big time in denver but getting a veteran quarterback that not only can take advantage of the talent possessed by robert sala um is important and maybe even mentoring zach wilson maybe giving him an attitude adjustment you know john cena style but if the jets can't do that then expect more of the same from gang green coming this fall and of course I guess that's what Jets fans really expect the most. And they're going to be chanting it all year long. J-E-T-S football. Jets. So next up is a team that had been a dynasty for almost 20 years. In other words, winning championships for a long amount of time. But now it seems like they're pretty much in the middle of nowhere. And that, of course, is the New England Patriots. So, when you looked at the New England Patriots in the last year, you know, in 2021, they got a solid uh, year out of their new rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, but, man, the way they made it into the playoffs, they had one of the most unceremonious exits um, last year, getting their asses whooped by the Buffalo Bills, like, literally getting boat raced. I still remember the score. I think it was, like, 47 to 17, I believe, and... They they let they let Buffalo score like a touchdown on every single drive, even by Mitch Trubisky. Man, like damn. But anyway, going into that off season, you know, it seemed like when I talked about the season recap from last year, the focus should have been getting Mac Jones some help. But it seemed like they took the reverse route because what they did, you know, Josh McDaniels goes to the Raiders, becomes their head coach. And what does he do? He doesn't even fill the offensive coordinator position. He instead <laughs> he instead, has QB coach Joe Judge and defensive coordinator Matt Patricia share the duties of offensive coordinator. Yes, two, two coaches that have never been an offensive coordinator. And especially Matt Patricia. He has never been an offensive coach. Like, how? How do you even do that? Like, how does Bill Belichick not understand that? Like, how? And then they also lost some key players on the offensive line. And on defense, they lost starting quarter J.C. Jackson in free agency. And they didn't really use the draft to find Mac Jones some help. So, going into the season, I didn't really have a lot of faith in the Patriots to make some noise. Um, Especially on offense, because look at it. Like, they don't have a, They didn't have an offensive coordinator. They didn't have a lot of help on the offensive line. It's like, where do, where do you look at see where a starting offensive lineman can be? And they, he didn't have Mac Jones doesn't have help at receiver. So there are going to be a lot of problems on the the offense that I talked about before the season started. And as expected, it gets it persisted as the season went along. The offensive line, with the exception of Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn, had trouble protecting Mac Jones. And Jones took a lot of hits, throwing a lot of ill-advised throws frequently, and the play calling was bad, as expected, from uh, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. It's like, they're calling a lot of like weird plays for Jones, like checkdowns, um, and a lot of wide-open plays for Jones that... They didn't. They expected. They just chose not to do. And then Jones also missed some time early in the season because of a left leg injury in a blowout loss to the Ravens, mind you. Like I don't know why they were why Jones was still in there when they were clearly losing big in that game. And then they also had this odd QB controversy with backup Bailey Zappi, uh, the undrafted rookie. I mean, he looked okay in the two and a half games when Jones was out, and then. When Jones was benched for some inexplicable reason against the Bears on a Monday night, mind you, Bailey Zappi was dog shit. He he was bad. So it's like they'll check bench Mac Jones for Bailey Zappi, who managed to look worse than Mac Jones. So it's like, what are they even doing? Well, like, why even bench Mac Jones when he just came back from injury, played like total crap? And then Bailey Zappi comes in, the fan favorite people were chanting for, and then he ends up playing like shit against the Bears, who weren't even that good. So, it exposed a further problem that the offense, besides, like, of course, Mac Jones wasn't doing great, but the whole offense was doing bad. It's like, what what is Belichick doing, man? What was he doing at that point in the season? So, either way, the Patriots were 6 and 4 midway into the season, primarily thanks to their defense, um, and a luck win with over the Jets. Um, but next to the offense is like they were 2 and 5 the rest of the way of the season. Um, and completely missed out on the playoffs again. So, they could have snagged the last playoff spot, but yeah. They all remember, we all remember what Jacoby Myers did against the Raiders in week 15. We all remember that. <laughs> So certainly wasn't a great year for uh, New England, um, but certainly dealing with the after effects of, you know, Tom Brady leaving for the last three years. Uh, I mean, you know, they certainly had their run. They certainly had their dynasty. Um, You know, you can't go wrong with, uh, what is it, six Super Bowl titles in in New England with Brady and Belichick, if you're a Patriots fan, but here you are dealing with the after effects now. You go eight and nine, you get eliminated from playoff contention. Um, but with especially how things went on the offensive side of the ball, there are certainly more questions than answers with how Belichick handled this season. And now it's going to handle this offseason. It's like, I mean, he at least got a proper offensive coordinator in, yes, Bill O'Brien. But, I mean, yeah, he's Bill. But at least he finally got a proper offensive coordinator. But what about Mac Jones? Um, I mean, you... You did, him, you did him wrong. You did him dirty by not getting him a coordinator. Um, and you, you still don't have help for him um, in 2022. Will you get him help this year? Will Bill Belichick, the general manager, get him help in 2023? That remains to be seen. So when you look at the, the Patriots offensive uh, offseason uh, game plan for 2023 in the coming days, they at least have some money to spend, you know, thirty six million. Will they take advantage of it? We'll see. Um, and when you look at their free agents, you know, I mean, nothing nothing too notable other than receiver Jacoby Myers. I mean, I think that's one key free agent that the Patriots are looking to resign because, well, he was the go to target for Mac Jones, uh, in twenty twenty two because, well, there were no receivers. There were no receivers other than Jacoby Myers for um Mac Jones. Um, other than that, you have Devin McCordy at free safety, strong safety, Japrio Peppers, um, tackle Marcus Cannon and Isaiah Wynn. So some decisions to be made. Um, but what they do need to do other than um, re-sign maybe uh, Jacob Myers, um, you have to get some offensive line help, specifically to tackle spots, because like I said, Mac Jones not only hit and sacked a lot, Last year, but remember, he missed three games um, because of that offensive line. The offensive line could use a lot more reliable options at right tackle and perhaps some uh, competition at the guard spot. So if you want Max Jones to stay upright because he's not really that mobile, I mean, at least not right now, get him some protection. Get him some help, please. And then this is very important. Get him some Passing options. Get him some receivers. Like, not just one by resigning Jacoby Myers, but get him two. He needs more than just Jacoby Myers on on offense. And I thought Kendrick Warren was going to be uh, helping him out, but it's like, he didn't do anything this year. He didn't do anything at all. Like, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that for as much money as the Patriots threw out to him, it's like, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything in these last couple of years. So they won't be able to find a number one in free agency because it's it's very sparse options at the receivers position. But maybe they use that 14th overall pick to get the best available wide receiver prospect that fits Bill O'Brien's uh, scheme, and maybe find some help in the later rounds of the draft. Either way, you have to find Mac Jones some weapons on on offense. You can't just go willy nilly with the, with running backs or like lower tier receiving options. You have to find top receiving options for Mac Jones if you really want to succeed. Um, but overall, you know, Patriots fans, you know, at least you know you got six Super Bowl championships. You know, you reveled in the dynasty days of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. But now it's like you have you're you're experiencing the downside of it. Um, you're experiencing the other coin. Uh, Of Belichick now Now for 2022 Obviously it's not a good year for New England Especially with that offense But Looking at the positive side of things Hopefully the positive side If Bill Belichick decides to properly address Like the offense this offseason With the vast resources that they have You know you got a good amount of money um, You got a solid amount of draft picks Maybe Mac Jones will fare In year three of the Patriot way And If Belichick doesn't, then expect more of the same, staying in the middle of the road, or maybe even worse, and less of the Patriot way in 2023. So next up in our season recaps part three, we're going to be going up north to eat some cheese heads. And why are we eating some cheese heads? Well, we're going to be talking about the Green Bay Packers. So when you're going into this uh, 2022 season for the Packers, of course, it wouldn't be the Green Bay Packers if he had at least some sort of drama in, in their offseason from last year. You know, off the heels of a lo- another loss set of 49ers in the playoffs, despite being the top seed, Aaron Rodgers went out and said he wasn't going to be sure if he would play in 2022. And then he would later say that he would, he would play, and he agreed to another contract extension. A big, fat one, mind you. But... That big fat contract extension came with the price this time, and that resulted in a big loss on offense. Devonte Adams, their top receiver, the Packers had no choice but to trade him because he carried a big fat contract too. The Packers traded their top receiver to the Las Vegas Raiders for um, that year's first and second round picks in the draft. Um, and well, because the Packers can't draft anything on offense in the first round. It took them until round two of that draft to get Devontae Adams' potential replacement and Christian Watson from North Dakota State. Like, don't you want Aaron Rodgers to get some help on offense? Like, did they? But no. Instead, go and use their two first-round picks in that draft to go draft uh, two defensive players. Like, defense is good and all, but... In the modern National Football League, offense is the name of the game, especially when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. So despite some potential setbacks uh, team-wide, because they did lose a good amount of players in free agency because of their money situation, I still expected them to win the NFC North because at the time, the division preseason was still kind of meh. You didn't really know what to expect out of the Detroit Lions. The Bears obviously were going to be bad because... Aside from Justin Fields, you didn't know really know what to expect of them, and they had a new head coach. Like the team overall wasn't me that great, and for as kind of talented as the Minnesota Vikings were, they had a new head coach, so you didn't really know what to expect. So the Packers were still expected to run the division in the NFC North, but despite starting three and one, Rodgers and the Packers endured a very brutal midseason stretch. They went one and seven um, for a good portion of the season. Roger suffered a broken thumb, didn't help matters either, um, against the Giants. The fact remained, he had serious trouble and open distrust w- among his whole receiver room. Like he was very vocal about like his receivers like doing pretty badly when it's clear that he had serious trust issues, like like scanning the field, um throwing it to a Christian Watson or a Romeo Dobbs. Like, it's like he didn't want to throw to anyone, like make make him make either one of those or whoever is is go-to guy so it's like damn and the running game wasn't all that great either um Aaron, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, sure they were consistent on offense but it's like it took a step back in 2022. and so did the defense it's like the secondary was frequently getting roasted both in the middle and downfield they couldn't cover and by week 12 as the Packers lost to the Eagles on Sunday night sitting at four and eight I think I was one of the many people, if not few people out there calling for people, uh calling for Jordan Love, their backup quarterback, to start. Because it's like even in a weak NFC conference, there's no reason for for Aaron Rodgers to go out there anymore. <laughs> like the Packers need to start focusing towards the future. It's like why why waste all the rest of the season? trying to go for a playoff spot just to get eliminated by whoever's going to be the number two seed in the conference at the time. It's like they're going to get their butts beat anyway with that kind of team. But anyway, they decided to ignore my my complaints and they managed to win their four straight games. Um, mainly in part due to Aaron Rodgers playing like God and Christian Watson having a breakout December. Um, they managed to beat up the um, fraud Fraudulent minnesota vikings and a beat-up miami dolphins team to keep their fraudulent playoffs hope hopes alive um, and when it came time to uh week 18 in a win or go home situation Because the seahawks beat the lions which eliminated the lions uh, from playoff contention. uh not sorry. The seahawks actually beat the rams and by virtue of tiebreakers They eliminated the lions uh, from playoff contention. When it came time for the Packers to face the Lions at home in the final regular season game of the whole season, they didn't show up. Their whole their regular season problems came back to haunt them. Like Aaron Rodgers airmailing his receivers, not trusting him again. The pass rush, he couldn't recognize them. And as a result, the Packers' playoff hopes, whatever was left of them, were extinguished. Instead, an A-9 record was handed to them. Talk about ouch in every way imaginable. Like, the door was wide open for them to make a playoff push, and now it's just like, nope, nope. It's just like, they let themselves uh, extinguish it themselves. The Packers screwed the Packers. And once again, now, they're entering another offseason of whether or not Aaron Rodgers will play for them. Uh the Packers will trade them, uh, trade Aaron Rodgers, or he's just simply going to retire. And Aaron Rodgers is, again, taking his sweet time. It's even after that darkness retreat that everyone keeps talking about, it's like he's taking his time, apparently talking with the Jets, talking to a, a few other teams. It's like, dude, just make the decision already. If I was Aaron Rodgers, I would just retire. I know he wants to play for this long, but it's like, dude, like just retire. If I'm honest with you. So anyway. Um, assuming that Aaron Rodgers is going to go to another team. Or go or retire. Um, the Packers have a lot of decisions to make. Um, whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Packers. Because they do have a little bit of money to spend. But not that much. Around $5 million to spend around the time of this uh, of this episode. But fortunately for them. They don't have a lot of... Uh, big decisions to make other than Rogers. Um, all they have is Adrian Amos, Mason Crosby, their kicker and their kick returner, Keyshawn Nixon, Nixon um, to, to resign if they want to. So fortunately for them, not too many uh, key unrestricted free agents this off season, but they do have a lot of needs to address, like adding a number two option opposite Christian Watson. I think, um, with it, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love, Christian Watson can be a top receiver in the NFL if he continues to play the way he did in December. Um, the thing is, it's gonna be it's gonna take more than Watson to do well in the Packers offense. He's gonna need a number two. I think the Packers should really focus on getting an uh, another option for him in in the draft. Please do that in the first round this time. Please do it, and then retool the secondary by either resigning Adrian Amos or finding new safety because your secondary was awful. They couldn't cover um, in for much for much of the season. So find a safety that can go downfield, um, can 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 cover toe to toe in the middle of the field, and they should find a solid tight end option because. Uh, well, Robert Tunyon wasn't, wasn't a very reliable op, uh, option. He didn't really play much all of last season. So maybe in the later rounds of the draft, they can definitely find one. So for the Packers, they can always compete, especially if Aaron Rodgers decides to stick around, maybe take a pay cut if he want, ever wanted to, and if he's on finally finds it in his heart to take one. But as proven in the season finale against the Lions, It seems like the NFC North is really starting to catch up um, to Green Bay. Um, The Lions look like they're really on the rise. Um, And if the Vikings fix their problems on defense, their stock may be rising too. And that can be very troublesome um, for a Packers team trying to get back into playoff contention. But the first thing they have to settle on is whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to play for them or at all in 2023. If he does... I mean, good for them. That means another year for Aaron Rodgers to uh, hopefully make maybe make another a playoff run or maybe even better a Super Bowl run. I don't know, but if he doesn't, it's gonna be another long year uh, and beyond for the Green Packers. And even worse, they don't even know what they have in Jordan Love. So, Packers fans, cheese heads, you're in for a very weird off season. We're just about halfway through part three of our 2022 NFL season recaps. We talked about the Patriots, the Packers, and the New York Jets. So I'd like to know your thoughts on if whether you're a fan of these teams or not. I'd like to know your thoughts about how these teams did in 2022 and how could they improve for 2023. Or just give me your general thoughts on them. So moving on, we're going to go down to the nation's capital and maybe not pay our respects And take command of Washington and talk about the Washington Commanders. (laughs) Is that really a respectable name? (laughs) Is this really a name worth commanding in Washington? Because for Washington, they certainly commanded something heading into 2022. Just for the wrong reasons. Daniel Snyder, the owner, still faced a lot of scrutiny and intensity to sell the team amid various issues. Too much to discuss in detail here. And the commanders were stupid enough to trade for a new commander in Carson Wentz, the quarterback from Indianapolis, fresh off losing to the all-elite Jacksonville Jaguars in Week 18. Who, mind you, remember, in that 2021 season finale... The clowns' guars were on their fan base were dressed up as clowns at the time. So, big oof. And it was even more stupid because they had a decent, but not long-term, option in Taylor Heineke already. Who the offense trusted already. And not only that, they ended up drafting North Carolina quarterback Sam Howell in the later rounds of the draft. I was like, so why, why waste your second and third round picks a lot of them mind you on Carson Wentz only taking command is Washington so the newly named Washington commanders were going into 2022 with a new starting quarterback thinking they could take command on the NFC East um, with that new kind of offense after a disappointing 2021 and of course what they failed to realize what actually would end up happening Sure, they got a good two game start out of Carson Wentz, but he then proceeded to shit the bed um, because of the problems that plagued him in 2021 when he was with the Colts. He wasn't aggressive enough, or maybe he was too aggressive enough, and he threw a lot of turnovers. Um, He couldn't recognize uh, defenses like he used to do back in his MVP year. So for the commanders, it was not great. It was really bad for them. It was really bad for them. So when Wentz got hurt in week six with a finger injury, and rather than go with Sam Howell, they commanded back to Taylor Heineke, who was all right. They already knew what they had in him. But it was just like, man, what are we doing here? So at least with Heineke, though, they wound up winning six of their seven uh, next six to seven games midseason because of the defensive line and... Receivers Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, you know, they played pretty good. And, you know, Taylor Heineke, you know, managed to limit um, any bad plays. So at least that was something. But when you get to mid-December, though, um, that's when their luck ran out. Um, December really killed Washington. They squandered a lot of winnable games, especially both games against the New York Giants. Um, They tied them. And then when they came back from the bye week, in a big primetime spot, mind you. They no-showed on offense against New York. In a winnable game, mind you. And then they just didn't show up. And then, of course, the next week on Christmas Eve, they get rocked by the 49ers. A game in which Ron Rivera suddenly just had enough with Heineke. And instead of going with Sam Howell again, he went back to Carson Wentz. To save what hopes of commanding a wild card spot. And Carson Wentz... Didn't thread the kneel for usual. And then the next week, guess what happened? The skid marks. Yes, the Cleveland Browns, a.k.a. the skid marks, commanded that Carson Wentz throw three interceptions, three turnovers, so that Washington gets eliminated from playoff contention. And that's exactly what happened. Carson Wentz had a pretty terrible performance against the Cleveland skid marks that Washington... Was eliminated from playoff contention. And of course, Ron Rivera realized or failed to realize that his team could be eliminated that week. So what does he do? He now starts Sam Howell like a wolf. Oh, for the season finale. So at least in the season finale, though, if you're looking for a positive, they actually managed to blow the brakes off of the Dallas Cowboys and shatter a little bit of their confidence going into their wild card game against the Tampa Bay Bucks. So that's at least something. They managed to upset uh, two of their NFC East playoff contenders in the Eagles, handing them their first loss. And they blew up the Cowboys in the season finale. So, I mean, if we are the Commanders, I mean, you just have a little bit of positives. And, you know, you also got some pretty good production out of the likes of rookies Brian Robinson Jr., um, who was unfortunately had an unfortunate incident uh, preseason, and Jahan Johnson, the rookie receiver, and, of course, veterans like Terry McLaurin uh, on offense, and pass rushers Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne also had pretty good seasons um, and made the Pro Bowl. But overall, though, the team went 8-1, and one, but it's not a good spot for them. They're in a pretty tight predicament um, to grab a solid starting quarterback, in either the free agency or the draft. Because unless they have the assets to trade up in the draft. They they just want too much. They want too many games to put themselves in the position to do successful long term. Or just do bad in the long run. Because when you look at their offseason plan. Yeah, they have about a little bit of money to spend. 16 million. But it's just like, damn. You want too many games. It's like. How are you going to get a starting caliber quarterback? How are you going to inspire confidence in this team? But then you remember, it's a pretty bad run organization. So, here you are, pitting 16th in the draft. It's like, what do you do from here? Obviously, when you look at some of your key free agents, like Taylor Heineke, John Bostick, Tyler Larson, Trey Turner. It's like, who do you keep? Who do you, like? What do you need to do here? So what the commander should be doing is looking at the quarterback position for as hard as it may be to do. You have to like decide where you're going to attack that quarterback position because if you attack it in free agency, that's pretty much the most money it's going to be going towards. So at the same time though, if you, if you do it that way, it's like, what do you do with Sam Howell? Like, you don't really know much about him. And same thing with the draft. Like, do you go up, do you go trade up to get your potential long-term starting quarterback? But then it's like, what do you, like, what do you do with Sam Howell? You don't really know much about him. Just saying. And, you know, it'd be nice for the commanders to invest in the the cornerback position at both spots. Because, you know, they had a lot of difficulty defending the pass in the last several years. So, after getting the quarterback, they should go out. And attack the defense because, well, they didn't do it all that great in the in pass coverage, you know, gain some, uh, stopping some catches from happening or gain some turnovers. And then the offensive line could do some work too. Um, the interior protection was non existent half of the time. So Washington should at least invest in getting a cheap but reliable guard and free agency and drafting a good one. So, Whatever that name is, and will be dead set on for however long it be, Washington isn't going to be commanding anything until they settle on a long-term starting quarterback. It's not going to be Taylor Heineke. It's not going to be Carson Wentz. Who knows if it's going to be Sam Howland like a wolf. Oh! So, whether that Sam Howland like a wolf or they go all in, And trade for someone like Lamar Jackson. Or trade up into the top 10 of the the draft. And getting a top quarterback prospect. The commanders. For as incompetent of an organization they are. They have to wake up. And take command. Of this offseason. And focus on finding someone good. Under center. Because if they don't. They're not going to be commanding anything. For not just this year. In 2023. But beyond, they're gonna be the basement dwellers of that NFC East division. So just two more teams left in our 2022 NFL season recap, part three, and we're gonna take a trip down to Ketchup Land, or at least it used to be before they renamed Heinz uh, Field. I totally forgot what it's called, but <laughs> I think it was called Acershire Field or something. Uh, sure Stadium. It's what it's called now. If you're in that land of Pennsylvania. And that, of course, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Pittsburgh was entering a sort of new era in 2022 after their franchise quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, finally retired after 20, after nearly 20 seasons for the, uh, the Steelers uh, the season prior. But the thing is for Pittsburgh is like they were going into last offseason, not really a succession plan in mind. And Initially, it most certainly felt that way. You know, you still had Mason Rudolph, the third-string quarterback, on your roster. And in free agency, (laughs) I remember this vividly. They brought Mitchell Trubisky from the Buffalo Bills, their backup quarterback, and former starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears, and and the first-ever Nickelodeon MVP, the Nickelodeon valuable player to start for the Steelers. And the fans were for Pittsburgh were not that pleased. But they at least used their first round pick to draft local kid, a uh, local college kid from the University of Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett. So, yeah, most people already saw what the inaugural MVP had to offer. But what about Kenny Pickett? How was he going to fare? Um what is was he going to start? So, for head coach Mike Tomlin, those were serious questions that he had to go and answer all season long. The uh, thing is, for Mike Tomlin, though, he made the first mistake of the twenty twenty two season for the Pittsburgh Steelers because he started Trubisky over Pickett. when When I look at Pickett in the pre- back in the preseason, you know he looked pretty solid and much more better than Trubisky did. But Trubisky. Was the man for Tomlin, I guess. And as expected, he did little to move the needle on offense. And just like in Chicago, was scared to take chances as a passer. And even with as solid as of a defense that the Steelers had, and keep in mind, TJ Watt, their best pass rusher, was lost for after the first week of the season um, and was gone for half of the season, mind you. After their 1-4 start, Trubisky was benched during the game against the Jets. Which makes you wonder... Why didn't they just start picking out of the gate? So, Pickett was now put in this weird spot. You had to start him, like, during the Jets game. And, yeah, he almost rallied them back, but they eventually lost regardless. And then they get their asses whooped. You put him in the absolute worst start to start his first ever game against the Bills, who were pretty much dominating at the time. And then they get their butts whooped, and... In the first half of the game against the the Buck the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he gets concussed. So it was not exactly a good position for Kenny Pickett to start, get some valuable experience, and really like get his feet wet um, as a starter in the NFL. He he didn't really show off what he had to offer, and it didn't get any better for Pittsburgh. They entered the midway point at, at three and seven. But hey, at least for them, you know, they managed to turn it around by winning their final six of seven games. You know, Pickett would play much more solid, at least stay a little bit more healthy. Yeah, he got concussed uh, again in week 14 against Baltimore. But the thing was, he showed some flashes. He showed some promise, uh, especially concerning the fact that he would be aided um, with the breakout of rookie receiver George Pickett. Um, And, you know, it seemed like. Those two can be a pretty solid connection, and you got a little bit more production from running back Najee Harris. Uh, The defense also created a good amount of turnovers, did a better job of getting to the quarterback um, thanks to the likes of Cameron Hayward, Larry Oginobi, Devin Bush, Minka Fitzpatrick at safety, and of course, getting back T.J. Watt also matters. So for the Steelers, um, they managed to win four straight games to close out the season, but Because they lost so much within the AFC, their conference, they couldn't get that last AFC wildcard spot despite winning their last game of the season against the Browns. They just couldn't get help from the the Jets beating the Dolphins um, because the Dolphins ended up winning that last game against the Jets. So that eliminated the Steelers from playoff contention. But despite that, Mike Tomlin kept his winning uh, winning season streak alive uh, avoiding a losing record uh, for the first time as a head coach of the Steelers finished nine and eight. But you have to wonder, it's like, is that really what he wants to be? Um, it, it, of course, Mike Tomlin has won a Super Bowl as a head coach, Mac um, in 2000, 2008. But it's like, don't you want to win another at some point? Don't you want to have another? Don't you want to build something better? Um, at some point, it's like, and you also have to wonder, with this season, in in this matter, it's like, don't you want, like, where would you be had Mike Tomlin started Pickett from the start? It's like, those are things that you really have to consider if you are a Steelers fan. But, I mean, of course, you can't revisit the past. But what you can do is build towards the future uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, for the Steelers, at the time I'm making this episode, um. They, their off-season plans should be centered around building around Kenny Pickett. You know what you have in him after starting. After you started most of the season. The thing is, obviously, you have to clear some cap space um, because they're like not that in the red, but you still want to stay in the green in terms of money. When, at the time of this recording, it's around negative 320000 Again, not too much in the red, but you want to stay out of it so you can go and spend. So looking at some of the unrestricted free agents, you have corners Cameron Sutton and Levi Wallace um, I imagine you want to retain one or the other unless they weren't that productive for you and You're gonna invest elsewhere in that in that spot uh, linebackers Devin Bush and Robin Spillane uh, safety Terrell Edmonds, so a, a Lot of your defensive production from last year is gonna be hitting the open market. So when you look at some of their needs to address obviously yeah, defense is important, but the top priority should be upgrading the offense around Kenny Pickett. And that includes finding another receiver opposite George Pickens because you didn't really have another number two option um, opposite uh, Pickens. So getting another receiver for Kenny Pickett, and maybe some depth behind that other receiver and George Pickens will most certainly help um, in Kenny Pickett's development. And getting another left, getting a starting left tackle to upgrade that protection. Because even when, in the season prior with Ben Roethlisberger, that offensive line wasn't that great. Um, and, you know, at, investing in the defensive line a little bit more. Adding an ed- edge rusher opposite TJ Watt. Adding some interior defensive tackles. So, getting, getting to the passer is very important for, for that defense. And at the secondary, at the, in the secondary just either re-sign Cameron Sun or upgrade at both starting corner spots because it wasn't that terrible, but they were not doing that great in terms of passing coverage. So overall, uh, for the Steelers, you know, they did pretty solid. But again, you have to wonder what would have been had Mike Tomlin started to pick it right out of the gate. I mean, it could have been worse. It could have been better, but... Going to 2023 with free agency fast approaching, yes, they have to retool their their defense a bit. But now that they know so much about Kenny Pickett um, and they're going to stick with him, the Steelers must absolutely give him more than just Najee Harris and George Pickens to run that offense for next season. If they want to be more than just a 9-8 and 8 team flirting around and keeping Mike Tomlin's winning record alive. So the final team that we're going to be talking about here in our Season Recaps Part 3 2022 is the team that resides in the Motor City and recently just got a WWE pay-per-view for the first time in a long time in their stadium. And that is, of course, the Detroit Lions. Yes, that is right, ladies and gentlemen. And well, if you're a Lions fan, that you have to imagine that Despite, ex- well, as expected, crappy training 21, in my opinion, there was a sense of hope for uh, these young Detroit Lions, especially when you have a head coach in Dan Campbell, who was a no-nonsense uh, person that really was trying to get the best out of his team. He looked like the right person to lead that Detroit Lions and lead a team that had a few pieces. Um, that could assist in that rebuild that they're trying to put together, and when you look at what they did um, in the offseason, trying to build around around that team, you know it was a, it was pretty decent what they did, um, and they used that what was it their second overall pick to get um, a defensive foundation in in Hutchinson. Um, it could have done more, but I mean, hey, this thing takes time, I guess. So it was expected that the Lions wouldn't win too many games. Um, Um and well, not lose well, they would lose a lot, but eh, it is what it is. But it is more important for them in twenty twenty-two to win to win more games that they did in twenty twenty-one and see who is valuable in the long-term outlook of their rebuild. They certainly got the memo on the first part. Um, you know, they won uh they won some games, they lost some games, but they early in the season, you know, they had some games that they easily could have won, but they ended up losing those games, and that was because of well, for as good as their def- their offense surprisingly was, their defense was one of the worst, if not the worst, in the league, um, because well, that defense gave up a lot of big plays, a lot of yards, um, a lot of easily defendable plays, and just too many points left on the board um, for that line's defense, especially in the secondary. And, well, that's not to say that, in fairness, that the offense had its problems, too. Um, the running game couldn't get going that much. Um, Jared Goff, you know, had some issues with um, detecting some receivers at times, um, besides Amon St. Brown. But the defense was the primary issue. They just could not stop uh, opposing quarterbacks, especially in the passing game. Uh, and that's why... For a good portion, they started 1-6. And you they easily could have said that, like most people, I I, I was kind of one of those people that thought that the Lions should have just punted the season. They could have just laid down, sleep, you know, like the song, The Lions sleep tonight. It could have been like those same old lines. Now, some people were calling for Dan Campbell's job. Like, I don't know why. Like, I still thought that was a little bit too rash. But Dan Campbell was like, no, we're not going to take this. We have to rally t- together, rally the troops, and get back on our feet. And that's exactly what the Lions did. They rallied together, and you could sense that during that second half of the season, these Lions were, they pretty much turned a 180. They really, rall- they really put together a team effort to... Win a good amount of their games and improve on on one another. The running game got much better. They put on a balancing act of DeAndre Swift uh, with the touchdown vulture that is Jamal Williams. Um, Williams played pretty solid um, to take some of the load off of DeAndre Swift, and in turn also helped out Jared Goff, who yeah he didn't have to throw too much, but when Jared Goff did have to throw, you know he looked a little bit more poised. He also got aggressive at times when called upon, and you know he didn't make too many mistakes um and he also got help in the receiving game too late in the season um when their their first round pick jameson williams from alabama um made his season debut he fully recovered from his torn acl in december and yeah it took some time to ease in adjust to the nfl but yeah he got a couple of games in and he he seems like he could be a solid too good receiver for them yeah it's gonna take some time for him to adjust especially when he gets a full season a full off season in and a full season in in 2023 in this fall but in the, in the games that he played in december he looks pretty um decent from the stretch that he had and then defensively um they still had their issues but they were a little bit more a little bit more locked down, especially in the pass rush when Aiden Hutchinson got a little bit more help in in the defensive line. So all in all, it was a pretty big team effort for the Lions. They went 82 2 the rest of the way, and yeah, they couldn't get uh, the last playoff spot in the NFC, but they still ended their season on a pretty big high note. Um, when they went to Lambeau Field, played the Green Bay Packers, um, they had nothing to play for because they were already eliminated from playoff contention, um, because the Seahawks had beaten the Rams earlier in the day, so they were mathematically eliminated. But they easily could have—they uh, um, easily could have just, you know, laid down um, like the same old Lions, uh, like uh, because of what happened earlier in the day. But they went out and said, "No, we're not going to do that. We have an op- We we're going to take that opportunity of spoiling the Packers win and in situation and play." Like, we were the ones going to the playoffs. And that's exactly what the Lions did. They they played in a game where they looked much better against a quarterback that has usually owned them in years past. But they were the ones that looked like they were going to punch their ticket to the postseason. Like, they were the ones that had something on the line in that game against the Green Bay Packers in that last game of the season. And pretty much eliminated Green Bay from the playoffs from playoff contention in what was a pretty much a gimme game for them so for the lions this was a good way to end to end their season uh a much better than expected season uh a good second half turnaround for detroit that their fan base a better better way that they could have asked for so you know have they actually made it to the playoffs i think they, I'm not sure if they would have won a game. Um, maybe against the Vikings, possibly, if they were to succeed. Um, but they would have given like someone like the 49ers a much harder time. Um, they might have not won, but they would have certainly given someone like the 49ers uh, a pretty difficult time. So overall, you know, they they had a really good 2022, 20, 9-8. and eight, You know, n- not bad for a rebuilding team. Much better than expected. Now you're going to um, this this off season, which is fast approaching, with free agency and the draft. And you you, you if you're Detroit, you got to build on this. You have you absolutely have to build on this strong way to end to end a promise, another promising uh, season. Like Dan Campbell, is still one of those one one. In my opinion, could be one of the best coach, one of the best coaches it, uh, in the league. Like. Right now, if it continues to build on this. So looking at the, the offseason plan for the Lions, you know, you have about $23 million at the time I'm making this in cap space. Um, looking at some of your key free agents, um, your linebackers, Alex Al- Anzalone, I'm sorry for mispronouncing that, and Austin Bryant. Um, one of your biggest uh, contributors in the secondary, Deshaun Elliott at free safety. Corners, Mike Hughes and Amani Oluwani. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. And then offensively, DJ Clark at receiver and probably is your biggest contributor in the second half, back up, running back Jamal Williams. So I imagine the biggest ones that Detroit should look at keeping is free safety of Deshaun Elliott and running back Jamal Williams, because Williams at least could be a huge compliment to DeAndre Swift. And looking at some of the things that they need to address this offseason for Detroit, obviously... Um, When you look at back at their season, the defense was atrocious. So they have to commit on focusing on all defensive positions in both free agency and the draft. Um, The first thing that they have to attack is uh, the secondary because, again, it was one of the worst in the league at every position. At linebacker, they need something that can rush the passer and cover the middle of the field. Um, They need cornerbacks that can keep up with opposing receivers and Create some big stops downfield, whether it's pass coverage, pass deflections, interceptions, um, maybe even another safety or two. Especially they not able to re-sign uh, Deshaun Elliott. Either way, they have to retool that defense big time um, because if they don't, they're going to be in big trouble again. Twenty twenty three. They should also consider finding a starting tight end in the draft because um, mid midway in the season at the trade deadline. Um, They traded their starter TJ Hawkinson to the Minnesota Vikings in a rare in in like a rare division uh, trade. So they're going to have to find his replacement. And then, you know, looking long term uh, for these Lions, you know, they're building something good. They're building something pretty good. But looking at the most important position of the game, which is quarterback. I think the Lions are in a pretty good spot this offseason um like not in terms, like not in terms of jared goff um because how much uh, can you sustain with that with him long term sure you've seen flashes of him here and there uh from seasons past whether it was at the rams or uh uh or it like this this season the second half but you've seen how he did in 2019 and you've seen how he did in his first season with detroit his ceiling can be capped if this if he doesn't do well. So if you're Detroit, do you really like? Can you really believe that Jared Goff can sustain this kind of success long term? That being said, they're in a pretty good position to get a young quarterback if it wanted to, with the sixth overall pick. Maybe they can go trade a uh, like th- a couple once at least one or two three spots up in the draft. Just keep in mind, though, like three teams are going to be trade are going to be picking a quarterback, though, um, because you have you have the Panthers now. At number one, after they traded a boatload of uh, picks and D.J. Moore to the Bears, uh, you have the Houston Texans, you have the Indianapolis Colts. You never know. Also, who else wants to trade up to get uh, another an- a, a, one of the top four quarterbacks in this draft? So maybe if the if the the Lions are lucky enough, if if the quarter, right quarterback sits in their hands, maybe they should consider taking it. Either way, it's something for Detroit to think about um, in the next month or two. So overall, you know the Lions were not expected to do all that well um, this past season in 2022, but they absolutely countered those expectations with a good second half turnaround. Strong end to the season in Green Bay. Eliminating their division rivals from playoff contention on the very last game. And I think if that if they focus on fixing their defense at all positions and consider getting a young quarterback in the spot they're in at number six overall, or maybe even consider training up if they wanted to, I don't think that's the most feasible move. But if the cards fall right, the Lions can put themselves in serious position on not just making the playoffs, finally. Um, in 2023. But with the way the NC North is shaping up to be, they could seriously have a shot at competing for the division title this coming fall. Like, I'm dead ass serious. And with that, that is a wrap for this episode of Very Cold Lasagna, episode number 134 and part three of our 2022 NFL season recaps. We are halfway, officially halfway through this season recap month 2022 edition 18 teams in the books 15 more to go like i said we already covered one team right before all this started we just got 15 more to go and that is the playoff teams so get ready for the second half of this month ladies and gentlemen cuz it's going to be a it's going to be a good one especially with free agency just around the corner and again full disclaimer with this episode Everything that I just talked about here—I mean, all the all the moves, all the signings, all the uh, trades that are happening, on whatever that may be ongoing in free agency, um, the legal period right now—it's not going to be reflective. Whether it's the full episode, the clips, not none of that's going to be discussed um, here in this episode. Just full disclaimer. But anyway, um, what did you think about the six teams that were discussed? Here in this episode, we talked about the New York Jets, the New England Patriots, the Green Bay Packers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Washington Commanders, and the Detroit Lions. Let me know your thoughts about each of these teams, whether you're a fan of them or not. I would like to know your thoughts on each six of these teams and look forward to the second half of Season Recap Month coming up, starting with the wildcard contending teams and how they couldn't make it past that first round of the playoffs so we'll be back with that with part four and we'll be bringing some updates from the free the start of free agency in the next episode so anyway that is it for this episode of very cold lasagna episode number 134 i am your host dill lasagna bringing you another round of filthy casual takes on the world of sports make sure to tu- uh, tune in wherever you get your podcast whether it's on youtube or on your preferred audio device and follow the show on social media at Very Cold Lasagna on Twitter and Instagram. And keep that lasagna very cold in the fridge with your takes on the world of sports. And until next time, peace out.